Welcome to the Vox Community Podcast. Learn more about Vox Community at voxoc.com. Join us at 10 a.m. on Sundays at voxoc.com slash live and at the El Dorado Performing Arts Center. <laughs> so dumb. Hello, Vox. Good hello, morning. Hello. Hey, good to see you. Oh, nice. A little applause coming yeah, out. Two people clap. Hey. <laughs> I can't well, I hear you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that again. Uh, do your, your glass, I'm new to the glass world. Yes. Your glasses don't reflect. Uh, like, I come out and I can't you see. You have to buy the little extras. I did. I got the extras. Oh. And it's still Still a glary. A little flary and glary. Anyway. Yeah. Hashtag glasses problems. <laughs> Okay, hashtag it. smart looking past our problems. That's right. I'm super <laughs> smart. So. Oh, man. Um, hey, good morning. Uh, fall is here. I think for the, uh, those of you who have um, kids in this district, I think you sent all your kids back to school this week. So congratulations. You now have so much more free yes. time in your life. <laughs> I wore the shirt, freedom is my mood, on the day I dropped my kids off. And I was like, I love you. Goodbye. <sighs> Don't want to see you for seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'm a better um, parent when they're gone. Yeah, just like that. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Andy. I'm the creative director on staff, and I'm the pastor here at Vox. Um, we're a little church, started two years ago. Um, everything you can learn about us is on our website at foxoc.com. Um, I'm super excited about uh, what we're going to do today. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little about a little bit about that uh, later. But um, kind of coming into the fall here, we do have a couple things um, that we want you to know about um, because one is Tuesday and then also um, a big piece that we're kicking off. Um, Daniel, my friend, if you could put up the Vox Dinners slide for me, boom. So for those of you um, who have been here for a little while, um, we... Um, really embody this philosophy of table fellowship. And this is a, a huge part of really the practice of Jesus's ministry specifically. What um, you consistently saw Jesus do throughout the entire, um, his entire ministry in the New Testament was, was always willing to sit and eat with people as a way of doing ministry and having conversations. So, and you always found um, in the particular format and the way that they did it in Jewish culture, a lot of dinners were very communal and out in open spaces and part of like kind of neighborhoods. And a lot of the elite, the leaders and the religious would you know create an opportunity to have dinner Jesus would be invited to these things but then a lot of the common folks that actually sit kind of on the outside realm of that so that's how a lot of this information was captured because a lot of people were watching the conversations happening during a dinner time meal so um, we've really looked at that and saw how Jesus is just always present with you know um, both those who are outside of the faith and those that he was challenging like within um, the religious elite so for us the whole idea of table fellowship is embodied in three ways through what we do here at Vox one is is what we do here today, right now on Sunday, which we call our corporate version of table fellowship. So that's where um, we experience, you know, something a bit liturgical. Um, the Eucharist is the center um, of our service, and that really represents the table of what we do here. So no matter where you're coming from in political orientation and sexual orientation and um, wherever you're at in belief and process, you know, we look at Eucharist as the great equalizer where you can't come up, you know, to take communion and not really think... Um, I've got it all figured out. You know, I, you can't walk away from Eucharist and not give something up. There's always something to be challenged by no matter where you're at. And so that's really our corporate version of table fellowship. And then we have what's called uh, communal uh, table fellowship. So that's really what Vox Dinners uh, represents for us. So every month on the second uh, week of the month, um, we have folks that open up their home um, all around Orange County. And it's a place where then um, we can just really, we just eat dinner. So these aren't Bible studies. These aren't, you know, curriculum. It's just an experience to go sit, meet with people um, and eat together. Um, as you've seen, like on our shirts and kind of, you know, our tagline for the church is safe to belong. Now, 
to come into an experience at church and feel safety, um, it requires other things. It requires trust. It requires vulnerability. It requires transparency. But, you know, we don't arrive there just by coming up and, you know, sitting in a seat. That starts to happen when you look around the room and you start to realize, oh, I've built relationships with people that are in the room here. And so that actually changes how the spirit of the community starts to operate on Sundays is through those relationships you're building, you know, by spending time together in community and all of that. So this is, if you're looking for that thing where it's like, how do I start to meet people here? How can I really start to create new relationships with folks who come to Vox? This is, you know, our way of doing that. So um, we open them today and then this runs from fall all the way into spring. So you'll find a home that's kind of near you or where you want to go. And then, um, you know, we encourage you to regularly attend that as to build the relationships that we're talking about and doing that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, And then lastly, as part of table fellowship um, is the idea of personal table. So all that is, is really then as you become inspired and captivated by the philosophy and, and the ministry that Jesus was doing, you start to create more space in your life to open up your own kitchen table and start to bring around people to eat that you might not necessarily, you know, eat with intentionally or you just haven't even thought to eat with. Like Mm. maybe it's an uncle and an aunt that you're like, I don't, they live in the area, but I never spend any time with them. So it's just kind of being willing to step in that space and just be hospitable to them, serve them and just be like, Hey, like let's, let's get to know each other better. Let's find a new way to have relationship here. And so, um, that will come. Um, Great. And then, so then the second, um, does this, oh, sorry. Oh, I was reading that note there. I don't know if that's, that's not for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then, so uh, second announcement, I'm going to let Carrie talk about this because it is happening this week. So that's our workshops, Daniel. I think it's important too, just to understand um, why we do what we do, the intentionality behind what we do. Like we, we're not just throwing stuff on a calendar to throw it on a calendar. So the dinner has a lot of intentionality. The, the, the reason behind the things that we do is because you were created for connection, period. Always, always, always. You are designed to be connected to another human person. And we are a very disconnected society in the most connected um, time in our generation and actually in the history of the world, we're the most connected and the most disconnected at the same time. And so these dinners are really important. You need them. You might think you can just come here on a Sunday morning and check the box and you're good and you've had enough connection. I'm gonna tell you right now, as your non-therapist friend, you need you need therapy that's what I almost said that's my that's my talking but no you need connection and so these dinners are for that it's for you to sit with other people human beings and I don't have it figured out you don't have it figured out but can we eat a meal this is all how Jesus modeled connection it's how he modeled discipleship it's how he modeled what it means to grow in your walk with the Lord it's not about you knowing more scripture scripture is awesome but it's also about you connecting with another human being and realizing you're not alone in what you're struggling with this is vital if you're not in it i hope you're in it somewhere else because you cannot do life alone so that takes me to the workshop um i am so excited about this workshop i have been working um vigorously to find someone that I could partner with, with Freedom Movement, that we we um, run a coaching and counseling um, services through Freedom Movement, and, um, and we do workshops, and we have obviously, since I'm here and on staff, I've partnered with Vox to be able to bring this. There's very few churches that are, that are allowing this to happen, allowing a place to be able to come and listen and 
talk about things that are hard, um, like listening and empathy. And you're like, that's not that hard. It is hard because we want to have all the answers, right? We want to fix everybody around us or we want to fix our kids or our marriage and we want to tell our spouse what they're doing wrong. And, and you know, we, we want to have all the answers, but um, what we are really focusing on this week is really what does it mean to have, to sit in attunement, to sit and listen and have empathy for another human being. And shocker, you start listening well, people start talking more and you start building relationship with them. And then you're allowed to move into the next phase of really speaking into their life. So I have been working vigorously to try to find a dude that would be able to like match my heart, Vox's heart, and we found this guy. He's incredible. He was a pastor over at Rock Harbor, uh, Fullerton, and um, he's now going full-time into um, into this kind of line of work. He's worked under the Townsend model for three years, um, really well-known teacher and um, teachings, and um, has been trained in them. And he is going to offer something really incredible for the guys that night. And I'm going to offer something really incredible for the girls that night. But the workshop is for guys and girls, boys and girls, um, to come and really sit and process and learn and kind of go deeper. You need this stuff. And the best news is it's free. Vox is literally covering all the costs because they believe in this so much. You guys walking in more freedom and to really how to reach your community. So I'm going to implore you men that are sitting in here today that are like, I don't want to go. And your wife is like, you need to go to that, you know, and doing that with you right now. This is not something that you're going to be put on the spot. You're going to come. But guys, in all seriousness, we know about the pastor in Inland Empire that committed suicide. We know about him if you haven't heard about him. He's friends of many of my friends. Pastor, good guy, three little boys, incredible wife. Something's going wrong. We have an epidemic on our hands. Where we're not dealing with the things that are going on deep inside of us. And this workshop is not going to go deep inside and expose all your things, but it's going to give you vision and light to how we can start loving ourselves better and being honest with ourselves and then in turn loving the world better. This is not something you don't need. We need it. We need connection and we need to learn and we need to do it. <gasps> Jeff is here actually. Jeff, stand up, will you? This is Jeff, Hi, Jeff. Myers, everybody. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to hey. be here. Jeff is here. He's going to be teaching it with me. And and he's going to, maybe he'll be out in the front lobby and um, you can just kind of ask him some questions if you have. But we are sitting in some of the darkest days, but I believe hope is on it. We just need to recapture how we were created and we were created to connect and it's okay to not be okay, right? So we're going to move forward in that. So if you are excited about that, I've talked way too long. I'm not even supposed to preach today, but remember that one day you did an announcement yeah. it was like 20 minutes so yep. i feel okay <laughs> <laughs> so that starts at seven o'clock yep. it's on the fourth you can go to voxoc.com backslash workshops and sign up you're just signing up so i know how many copies to make would you please find it in your heart to come we really want to give you some tools that's what we're all about we want to help you live stronger no it's actually at where i run my center um, so it's at Freedom Movement's Place, actually at Bridge Church in Orange. Um, but the location and everything will be on there. And then you'll get a, a email that letting you, you know, follow yep. up email, letting you know the location and stuff. But seven o'clock, we would love to see you there. You need to be there. Jeff is awesome. And I can't wait to have you guys know what's offering to you after that workshop. It's going to be great.
Hey yo. Hey yo. Yeah, we're super excited about that. Um, yep, I'll be there running sound and clicking Yay. buttons. Yeah. That's what I do. Um, <laughs> okay, so then, uh, so this morning, um, oh man, I'm excited about this morning. A few things. Um, a couple weeks ago, uh, we actually experienced um, Lectio Divina for the first time um, kind of in this room. Um, we've loved it so much that we've just continued to ask questions of like, how can we continue to incorporate that, incorporate that more? And that's really because we just believe so much in um, understanding and trying to figure out how do we experience the text a bit beyond just kind of reading it and hearing it taught in this way and giving you know the room the actual opportunity to do it in, in this space instead of just listening to us jab at you. Um, so um, what we're going to do here um, in a few minutes is actually bring out one of our community pastors, and we're going to do that actually before we even start the service. Um, we'll do some worship, but then especially today, um, one of our core values at Vox is that the church should be the safest place, must be the safest place to talk about anything. Um, and so we do stories here. And so today is a story day. So um, Ronnie this morning is going to be hosting our friend Matt, and he's going to be sharing a bit about um, a snapshot of where, he at, where he's at in his life and some of that process, and um, have a dialogue about that experience and, and where he's at with all of that. Okay. And so... Um, um, we're excited about that, and then uh, we're going to have some time to do Eucharist and respond out of that, mm. and um, that's what the morning looks like. So, sound good? Yep. All right, great. So, we'll go ahead and um, we're going to bring out uh, Carol Chambers. Come on out, Carol. Come on out, Carol. Um, so, Carol is actually one of our community pastors um, here on staff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, so, and for those of you who don't know, um, the community pastors um, team that we have here is really whom we see as the actual pastors of this church. I mean, I'm on staff, and um, a number of us are on staff, and we're working towards how we do this as an organization and how we, you know, bring the text to life for you all. But really, these are the folks who will show up um, at your bedside, um, that will bury you, <laughs> that will that will marry you, um, and um, they're here to help, and so they're here to pray with you and to actually pour themselves out into the community and express as much care as humanly possible um, in their capacity. So um, you'll usually see them in the mornings. They'll have orange lanyards on um, around the room. Um, if you need a moment to pray with someone or, or ask uh, for help, um, those are the folks to go to. You can also um, email care at VoxOC um, as well. So uh, we're going to go ahead and, and enjoy this experience. And Carol, thank you very much. Good morning. Um, first thing we're going to do is I'm going to invite you to read this prayer aloud with me. And it should be there. You go, should be on the screen. All right, here we go. Lord of all power and might, the author and giver of all good things, graft in our hearts the love of your name, increase in us true religion, nourish us with all goodness, and bring forth in us the fruit of good works. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. You were all given the Lectio Divina cards as you came in. I'm going to read our passage for you. It's James chapter 1, verses 17 through 27. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted 
in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So please take the next five minutes or so, reflect silently on this morning's passage for our Lectio Divina. Oh, okay. Well, she didn't write it, but I thought she did. It's great either way. Good morning. How are you guys? My name is Ronnie. I'm one of the pastors here, and this is my good friend, Matt. Hello. Uh, hi, Matt. Yeah. You'll get to hear from Matt in a little bit. So hold the applause, because we'll have to see. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Um, so if you're new to Vox, uh, this is a community that gathers that's uh, pursuing Jesus, and uh, we want to create safety to be able to do that for everybody who enters in. And so um, a lot of us have been going through a deconstruction of our faith, and what does it mean to be a part of church and, and Christianity as a whole? And, and for those of you who've walked that journey, you know that deconstruction is actually the easy part. It's the reconstruction that matters the most, is how do we, how do we begin to rebuild the room that is following Jesus? And so that's what we're after, and we want to create safety to do that. So throughout um, our service, you might question things and go, hey, what is that? Why do you do that? What was that Lectio Divina thing? Uh, we have a number that you can text questions to. Um, we love and value those questions. So doubt, skepticism, confusion, all of those things, we embrace that. We want to be a community that says it's okay to ask those questions and then we're not afraid to answer them. And so we'll, we'll do our best and attempt to try to give you our best answer or reason why we do something. So we wanna encourage that as a part of our community to continue to lean in there. So. Um, and again, today, you're, you'll, you'll experience something different in our service. And typically, when you come to a church service, there's a heavy emphasis on the teaching. And we actually believe that when we gather, the emphasis is really about the Eucharist, which is gathering around the body of Christ and remembering what he did for us. And so everything else sort of plays a secondary role. Um, but one of those things that we value is story. In fact, uh, Jesus, often when he taught, taught in the form of story or parables. And this is a way to connect with audiences at different places. And oftentimes, the parables were multi-layered, and they reached at different people. And so um, lots of people learn differently. Some people learn with a, a teacher and some people learn by hearing stories. And so that's why we want to make sure we showcase people within our community and their stories. And one of the things that you'll, you'll see as we continue to do story here is that we are not concerned with everything being tied up in a nice little bow. The way that so often it's portrayed within Christianity. Everything's good. I'm okay now. Um, and for most of us, we realize that that's not our lived experience. That many of us are still in process and many of us are still wondering where is God in the midst of all of this, and that's okay. Um, that's okay to be that in that place because we're all there. Um, that's what unites us in our commonality. So uh, this is Matt, and Matt's been a part of our community for a little while. And so Matt, why don't you tell him uh, what you do? What, what, what's your job? Tell him what you do. Uh, I'm an artist, so I make my own art and sell it, and then I also uh, do freelance illustration for books and magazines and 
advertising. That's awesome. Is there a place people can go to see your art? Because I think when you say artists, I think some people go, oh yeah, right, one of those guys, an artist. <laughs> but like you're like a critically acclaimed artist. Like you, 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 you tour around, you have your art displayed. You were just recently in Hawaii, was it? Yeah, I was in Hawaii. Hawaii, and people were looking at your art, buying art. So is there a place people can go to look at your art? Yeah, uh, I have a website and Instagram. My website, I mean, I have a couple websites. But the, Just a couple. the main <laughs> one for illustration, one for the actual art. But uh, Matthew Allen art is kind of the, the spot for like my own personal stuff. Awesome. How long have you been? How long have you been doing art? How long have you been in that community? And I've done kind of what I'm doing now for about five years. Uh, before that, I had a like a clothing company. Before that, I worked for Surfer Magazine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the whole art journey has been. Gosh, probably like 15 years. Wow. But what I'm doing now is about five years. Okay, great. Awesome. Um, so uh, tell us how long you've been at Vox, how long you've been in the community, and, and what do you do? What, how do you serve here at Vox? Uh, I've been here like a year and a half, year and three quarters or something like that. Okay. Uh, I do... Nothing's happened in the last year and in three quarters yeah, here at Vox. Yeah, it's been pretty uneventful. Yeah, it's been pretty straight, yeah. Um, That's an inside joke for Voxers. <laughs> I'm a, uh, a greeter sometimes, so you've probably seen me out there greeting you. And then I work in the children's ministry like once a month, so usually in the preschool. Uh, big fan of that age group. Man, God bless you. <laughs> God bless you. Can we all just pray? No, I'm just kidding. Um, great, man. Well, hey, I'm excited for you to share your story with our community. Um, and then I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure we're going to have questions. I'm going to have some questions for you. So go ahead, man. Okay. I'm going to read it just in case I forget my own story. Uh, so in a little less than a year, I will be a 40-year-old virgin. Uh, many of you have probably seen the movie with Steve Carell uh, by that same name <laughs> that has the harrowing body waxing scene. That's something I'm going to not do when I get to that point. Uh, in this day and age, someone getting to my age without having sex is somewhat unheard of. And for a long time, I had pretty mixed emotions about it. And at times, I still do. On one hand, I'm proud that I've held strong to my convictions. Um, On the other hand, in the eyes of mainstream society and realistically a large portion of Christians, I'm a bit of a freak. They think that something must be wrong with me and honestly, at times throughout my life, I've believed them. Uh, As you can imagine, these 39 years of chastity were not a part of my original plan. Uh, from From the time I was young, I just really wanted to fall in love and have a family. I can remember as a kid playing a little league and seeing the dads Uh, helping with their kids and I was always like I don't want to be one of those old dads (laughs) but I'm gonna be one of the old dads if it's pretty much inevitable at this point Um, I've always been looking for someone special with no real interest in casual flings Uh, I honestly never let things get remotely close to testing the limits of my self-control that is uh, until I turned 33 and I fell in love She's a sweet, beautiful, talented photographer, and though there were some early bumps in the road, uh, we were really happy together. After so many years of being single, there was a lot I needed to learn about being a boyfriend. And she patiently stuck with me, helped me figure it out. Um, Not too long into our relationship, I let her know that I wanted to wait until marriage to have sex, and she was okay with it. That is, until she wasn't. Uh, We started talking about marriage after dating a little less than a year, and we were engaged shortly thereafter. Uh, Things started to change a bit, though. 
We'd kept things in the bedroom pretty tame, but uh, now she was wanting to up the ante. She felt like I didn't want her enough because I wasn't pressuring her to have sex. Friends put worrisome thoughts in her head, suggesting that maybe once we were married, our sex life would be bad. And they told her that she should be sure about that before we were married. I began to feel stress and pressure to perform, and I didn't always do so well under pressure. That didn't help her doubts and eroded her view of my masculinity. In the end, we canceled two different weddings uh, before she finally broke it off for good. I might have been able to save her relationship by sleeping with her, um, but I knew it would, have, it would have been a test, and I knew I wasn't good at those kind of tests. Don't get me wrong, uh, I'm not squeaky clean in all of this. Uh, during all those years as a single man, I messed with my own head when it comes to sex too. My sexual experiences were all had looking at images of women. Most were pretty tame, some were not so tame. And that programmed my brain in a way that made things difficult at times when trying to have a sexual relationship with a real woman. But I kind of feel like God put me in a corner. We have sexual desires. What do you do with those when you have no outlet? And why would a God who loves me put me in such an untenable situation? I came to Vox after my relationship had dissolved. Uh, I was disillusioned with God. I contemplated the possibility that there was no God and that I had sacrificed my relationship to uphold a standard that I didn't need to embody. When I went to church, it made me sad. I'd be trying not to break down during worship rather than praising God. I felt like God had pulled away from me when I needed him most. I was mad at God and I didn't feel like there was room for that in church. Then a friend of mine told me about Mike Erie, that Mike Erie had started a podcast. Uh, I began listening and, though, and through that I realized that many of the things that had been shaping and shifting my worldview could still make sense with Jesus. Uh, I began attending Vox and learning to approach God with a new perspective. I also embraced the heart behind Vox and it really resonated with me when people came up here to tell their stories. That's why I wanted to share a part of my story. I don't feel sorry for myself. Just the other day I was surfing and it occurred to me that if we take the long view on life, we really do have all we need in Jesus. Life on this earth is finite, uh, but our life is eternal. The things of this world pass away and our desire for the things of this world are mere distractions. I have a wonderful life. I have lots of people in my life who love me. And as a single man, I have time to invest in the lives of my nieces and nephews, as well as the friends of my children. I kick butt at being Uncle Matt. Uh, <laughs> I also have time to volunteer with foster kids and I mentor a teen. I'm finding ways to pour into the lives of others. And that is something that I often wanted to do when I was in a relationship, but I didn't make time for. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to serve in these ways. I still desire to have a deep connection with a woman and to be loved for who I am, to have a partner in life to share the ups and downs with, to raise a family with. Those desires don't dominate my life, but they're there. It might not be God's plan for me, but I can accept that. I think God is continually shaping us into the people they designed us to be. As hard as this experience has been, I feel like God has taken something broken and is using it to mold me into the person he knows I can become. Uh, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story and, and being so vulnerable and honest with our community. And, I, and here's what's crazy is that um, just talking with any number of people your age, you realize that, that this is very common, right? That it's more common and, and, and people are afraid to talk about it. 
you know, and nobody wants to talk about it, but I love that you're willing to engage the conversation. So um, I have questions, questions for you. And so hopefully you, some of you might even have questions and that's okay. He's not off limits to ask questions for. We're not gonna do it right now, uh, but you can text them and then we can talk with Matt and maybe next week we can have Matt share in response to some of those. But um, as I was thinking and hearing some of your story, um, even just reading it over the last week and kind of contemplating what it's like to be in your place, um, my first question is, what was your upbringing like in your family? Was it a Christian home? Uh, and then secondly to that, did your mom and dad have conversations and an honest, blunt talk about sex? And what was that like? Uh, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, like we went to, I went to preschool, church, went to church fairly regularly. And then kind of as a adolescent, we stopped going as much. We had soccer games and baseball games and uh, those interfered with kind of church time. And then when we would go as kids, because it was inconsistent, we didn't like going because we didn't feel like we knew anyone. We didn't feel like we were a part of it. And so I think finally that resistance coupled with being um, just busy as a family. I had two sisters and we we're all involved in things that um, my family just kind of stopped going after a while or went very rarely. Um, I don't remember any specific sex conversation. Um, I think in our family culture, it was just kind of understood kind of what we believed. And I always, I don't know, I feel like I kind of always had my own moral compass. And even when I didn't feel like I knew God that well, I still believed in God. So like, I didn't really commit my life to Christ until I was a teenager, but it wasn't like I didn't believe in God, it's just that I hadn't kind of made a specific decision about who God was and what that meant to me. So like when you went to school and obviously conversations about sex and different things happen in school, was, did you feel like it was safe enough to come home and have those conversations with your parents and bring that up? Uh, I mean, that was never something that even entered my mind. Mm. Like I was never like, hey, let me go home and talk to my parents about sex. <laughs> well, well, I, and <laughs> I got questions for you guys. Yeah, Help me out. Right. <laughs> and I, I think that's, I mean, for parents here, and I'm a parent as well, like I want to create space and safety for my child to be able to ask any question, much like we talk about here, like it's safe enough to ask any question and we yeah. want to engage those. So that's always my concern is always like, well, what what's the environment like for anyone to come home? Does it feel safe? Do you feel like you're going to get shamed or guilted if you were to bring that up? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that that would be the case. I I think talking to your kids about it early is probably the best. I mean, if it's a conversation that's not a weird conversation, then it's a conversation sure, that you could right? like, continue on. Great. Um, so let me ask you this one. So you said you, you, you came to Christ later on yeah. in high school? Was it high school? Yeah. Okay. Uh, were you exposed to purity culture? And how's that been? What, for those of you who don't know what purity culture, uh, I guess I'm sure you could probably figure it out in your mind, but it's like the whole like purity ring, we're gonna commit to not doing anything, we're gonna abstain from sex and all this other stuff, and we're gonna really you know drive drive everybody at r removing abstinence, all that sort of stuff. So have, have you been exposed to that? And what was that like for you? I don't, th I don't think I was exposed to that like specifically. Mm -hmm. um, it was, I mean, I think it was a part of the culture. I mean, I went to, in college, I was involved in Campus Crusade, and I think it was just kind of one of those things where it was emphasized that we were set apart and that living differently was important. Mm -hmm. um, whether that was like not going to parties and getting drunk or mm -hmm. not 
I don't I mean I don't even know if they really talked about sex, but it was just like very specifically like you're an example, be sure that the example that you're living out is um showing Christ in the right light and like letting especially in college kind of like letting people know that the way that you're living is different and set mm -hmm. apart do you think that because you said that they didn't bring it up do you think that like looking back maybe that would have been a, a good thing to bring into conversation to actually have to start a dialogue and engage people in that conversation rather than sort of just leave it sort of in this yeah ambiguous? i think i think i think anytime that you can talk about uncomfortable things it's important i mean that's kind of why i wanted to get up here because i mean as someone who's in my situation you in this society you feel pretty alone like mm. like i i know one other christian my age who hasn't had sex mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. so and like i'll talk to her occasionally and She'd be like, oh, another one bit, bit the dust. <laughs> yeah, right. Because it's not it's not an easy thing sure. to do. Um, I think I uniquely kind of have, it's like I set a line in the sand and it's that's where the line was and I was okay mm -hmm. with it. And then I think it's probably a different challenge if you have had sex before. A lot of times I'm like, well, I don't totally know what I'm missing out on. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I've got an idea about it, but right. It's <laughs> funny. Uh, so I want to just kind of hit on what you said, because you said that you feel alone and I know that that's um, a very real thing. And I know a lot of people who felt that. And I actually know a few friends who are also uh, later on in their, their life and they're also virgins and the loneliness that they feel. And I'd say um, the isolation they feel a lot of times within Christian culture. And so I'll kind of explain what I mean about that. And then you kind of tell me your yeah. response to that. Um, it seems like in Christian culture, if you're single and you're at a church or you're serving, there's something wrong with you. And like, why wouldn't you get married? Because all those questions, right? Yeah. Oh, there's a single yeah. guy. Where's <laughs> the single ladies? Let's get them together. As if somehow singleness is a bad, is like this disease, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, never forget that Jesus was single, right? Like totally. He, yeah. So... <laughs> Right, everyone forgets that, but um, how, how have, has that been something that you've dealt with and, and have you felt isolated because of the way that church culture sort of makes marriage sort of the completion of a person? Yeah, I think at times, um, I think at times you feel like you don't fit into the box kind of. Um, and then like, as you are, I mean, in your 20s, you're kind of like, oh, I got my groups and mm -hmm. things are, and they have like the young people's group mm -hmm. but then you get into your 30s and it's like there's no like hey here's the group for people who are still single and don't have <laughs> or if there is it's like hey just hang out over here because yeah, you're yeah. like leper community totally. right yeah yeah it's like i'm like hey i'm, I'm still into a lot of the stuff that the younger people are in but like i'm not gonna be in the group of 20 year olds right like i'd go to the late service a lot of times i'm like i think as someone who stays single longer you your interests are a lot of times more sure. similar with people who are younger, mm -hmm. but then you end up in like this weird zone where it's like, well, I don't have kids, I don't have a family, I'm into a lot of stuff that people my age aren't that into, mm. and yeah, you kind of just feel like you're in the middle a little yeah. bit. And then even like, once I was in a relationship, it's weird because you, like we did, I mean, it's a little bit off the subject, but I wanted to like kind of mention this too. Like it fits into kind of the Christian culture thing is there's like this, this view of men who, and that 
were hypersexual beings. Mm-hmm. And I went to a premarital counseling thing with my fiance then through the church. And I learned a ton of really valuable things, but they're making in that they're making like allusions to, Oh, and then when you guys are trying not to have sex and the men are just really pushing for it, like, I know it can be hard for the women to resist. And I'm sitting there cringing because this is exactly the opposite of what is going on in my relationship where she feels like because I'm not trying to do that, I'm not masculine enough. And it's so you have this thing where the church is teaching you, you need to be strong and abstain from having sex. But then actually you're supposed to not be able to control yourself and the woman's supposed to say that you're not supposed to have sex. And it's like, okay, so where, how does, how does this work when you have your own convictions? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry on behalf of what church culture. And I know I've been a part of it and I'm sorry. And I'm sorry to anybody here who's ever experienced that. If you're single and have felt isolated and alone because the church culture that's been around, I, I just want to say, I'm sorry. Um, it's, it's probably out of ignorance, um, which doesn't excuse yeah, it. Yeah. I'm sure it's, yeah. And I, I understood that too. It's like, it's not like someone's trying to put you in this uncomfortable sure. situation. It's just, those are the societal norms that's like right. the accepted thing is like but everyone's different like that's the thing that exactly we, i mean and that goes across to like all sorts of things and i think that's what's great about vox is we recognize that people are different and there aren't like you can't put people in boxes right yeah. which is part of why i like being here like it's understanding and i think our society is moving that way anyways like understanding that just because this is how we've always viewed someone doesn't mean that that's come on. how everyone is come on you want to preach it's <laughs> good thank you all right last question for you um how how has it been for you to learn um to engage platonic relationships within church and even outside of that church like i mean i'm, I'm assuming you have friends who are not don't go to church so what's that been like to engage in um platonic relationships both male and female uh i mean i think platonic relationships are pretty easy for me okay it's more like i mean because i i mean that's most of the relationships i've had in my life Mm -hmm. throughout my life um it's more figuring out where and how to be in the next phase i guess Mm -hmm. like i'm i'm really good at being like i don't i get the nice the nice guy the I'm really good at being the friend. Hmm. Like I've got that pretty dialed. <laughs> you are a good friend. That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I know often, so often that gets like a bad name, right? Like, yeah, being... it's weird how that is. It's almost like, don't say you're a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's a like, lot of people. A bad thing. Yeah. I think there's a lot of guys who will self-proclaim nice guys and aren't actually nice guys, but yeah, yeah I get what you're saying. <laughs> uh, Matt, thank you. Can we thank Matt for sharing and being so vulnerable? And... Thanks. Thank you. Job. Stay put. So, um, as we kind of wrap up this morning and, and, and we're sitting here talking about uh, Matt's story, I think there's a part of all of us that connected in some way. I mean, I, I know for me, I connected in that. That's the beauty of gathering. This is why there's an emphasis on a gathering, right? Like some people will talk about, I don't need to go to church. And, and I understand the sentiment behind it, but the church is not so much for us. It's for you. It's to connect with each other, to realize that we're a lot more similar than we are different. Um, and that there's something about connecting that way that, that, that you 
unites us, which is the beauty of the Eucharist. Um, the Eucharist stands as this symbol to say that God reached down and touched humanity and connected with humanity in a, in a new way, um, and that we get to partake in that. And so together as a church, this is the, the, the climax, the, the, the point for us that we reach in our service where we get to commune um, with Jesus and each other. And so we have communion stations that are located right here in, on the, the, right in the middle. Uh, we have gluten-free on this side. We also have our community pastors. You heard Carol, who was up here reading the lectionary. Uh, some of our community pastors will be up front and would love to pray with you. If you have questions or if you need just need someone to pray for you, like that's that's what we're here to do. And so we want to create space and opportunity for you to do that. Um, if you want to take communion alone, you can. And I, I don't know if you've ever taken communion with a group of people or a family. Uh, feel free to do that. That's something that you want to do. This is your space. This is your time to respond. Um, and then Izzy and the band are going to come out and they're going to play some songs and some music. We're going to worship together and then we'll, we'll wrap up our service. But before we do that, let me pray for all of us. God, thank you. Thank you for uh, Matt. Thank you for his story. Thank you that uh, he is courage and, and, and uh, brave enough to step out here and to share vulnerably. Uh, and what seems like something we should keep hidden, uh, when we expose it to light, it, it gains power in your presence. And so we pray that uh, people would, would come out of the shadows and come out of those places of hiding and fear uh, and step into vulnerability and transparency and honesty because it connects us and it unites us and it gives us a story that we can all together collectively hold on to and say yes, yes. Thank you, uh, God, for your son Jesus, who who um, you sent to reach us, to teach us, and to show us. And we pray that uh, in this next few minutes as we take communion, that it wouldn't just be symbolic, but that it would be something deeper, that we can connect and commune with you in new and different ways. Um, so we're expectant with our hearts open to you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. This time is yours. You can respond as you feel led. That was so awesome to hear from Matt today, wasn't it? Man, I'm so thankful for a place where we can, our Sunday morning can be hearing someone's story. And Jesus was a real proponent of sharing stories, clearly. Uh, the whole Bible's full of it. Um, full of it. <laughs> if I just end that sentence there, that's weird. Um, but you know what I mean. So we have Jeff, who like Houdini'd into church today, and I had no idea, and I was like, do not Houdini into my church and think I'm not gonna pull you up on stage and have you share. And so really, I don't feel like I was doing the workshop the justice it needed to be or even what we're going to offer. So if you would just give us a two more minutes of your time to have Jeff Myers just share with us a little bit about what can we expect? What's your heart behind it yeah. anyway? I just wanted you to hear his heart, uh, really. Good morning, Vox Church. I um, This is the culmination of about five years, like this moment right now of me in this dream to be able to share a kind of emotional connection, particularly to men, but to the church specifically. I grew up in a Baptist church where we didn't have emotions and we also didn't acknowledge the Holy Spirit, um, which is difficult when you're trying to be a church and, and you need the Holy Spirit for that. Mm. Um, but about five years ago, I started on this journey where I was um, just being awakened to emotional connection to myself. And in that process, Verses like where David says in the Psalms, to you, O Lord, I lift my soul. You can't do that if you don't know yourself, if you don't have emotional access to yourself. And, and so I'm so excited to be able to start to, to bring um, what I've learned and, and the journey that I've been on to the church and, and very clearly 
uh, just through what we've experienced this morning with, with this church family, um, you guys are, are ready to go and you've already been in that, in that process and that. So I get to step into this journey that you all are on to, to health and growth and, and community in deeper ways than I, in my experience. And I grew up in the church that I've never been a part of, a church that, that does this well. And so clearly you're doing it well. And I'm so excited to be able to step in with you. And you were trained under, cause I got that. Did I get that right? You were trained under Townsend. John Townsend. Yeah. Yeah, John Townsend. And he is a, just for those that don't Just know. a Christian psychologist, kind of a leadership guru, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, and he, so he would lead these, these process groups with us and we would get to the end of the day and he would say, and, and we've like just a group of men gone super deep and, and everybody's you know, really exposed and vulnerable. And, and he would say, this is the normative Christian experience. Mm. And as a pastor, I'm going, where is this in the church? <laughs> if, this, if this growing deep, getting connected, learning to interact with each other on an, an emotionally connected way, and I don't mean ever just like, I'm so emotional. It's No, but this is like, this is men like being real with each other. And he's, as, as, a, as a Christian leader for, for decades, is saying this is the normative Christian experience then we need to do this in the church. Come on. And so I'm super excited because we're ready to go. Don't you love him? I mean, like, he's so Vox, right? It was, it's been a long road. God brought me to him because I was like, nope, you're not going to work. Nope, that's not going to work. <laughs> so we're super thankful. We are going to have that workshop on Tuesday night. It is for men and women. We are going to co-teach it together. Um, and we're going to just kind of dive in a little bit. And then um, he is actually going to be offering, as well as I will be offering, he's going to be offering an eight-week men's process group um, that they're going to, it's called Bricklayers. And really, we love the name because he he had said I want to call it this because it's really like re rebuilding my life from mm-hmm. and and one of my favorite things and I'll end here is when we were talking we've done a lot of talking if you can imagine <laughs> we're just like yeah yeah totally yes uh and uh, he said I knew in my marriage I knew in my own life something was wrong I could tell when my wife was upset I knew she was upset but I had no idea how to access like why are you upset? Because I didn't even have the emotion to know to know how to engage in that. And so um, by the work that he's been doing, he's, um, I'm putting words in your mouth, but you told me this, uh, said that, you know, his marriage has gotten better. His relationship with his kids gotten better. His friendships have gotten deeper and his understanding of God's love for him and to him has, has been enriched. So we're going to kind of give you a two hour kind of preview to that on Tuesday night. We're going to dive in a little bit, but even for you men that are thinking, Hey, you know what? Um, I want my wife to be happier. I want my kids to be happy. I want my life to be, then I want you to consider we are actually capping that group at 10 only 10 people. So if this is something that you're, we'll tell you more on Tuesday night, but just as a segue, Vox has decided to pay for um, half of the cost of that and cover half of the cost, which is gracious um, on the church's behalf. And we're also offering a group for women um, to process as well those same weeks that the men will be processing. So so much happening on Tuesday. Thank you, Jeff. We are so excited to partner with you and to just kind of dive in deeper. I'm going to pray for you. If you would stand with me, I have no secret private prayer. Uh, It is only anointed because we were all anointed because the Holy Spirit lives in us. But I do want to pray for you. If you call this place your church home and you want to continue seeing stories that you saw here today, workshops that are being offered for free, where we are pouring into the belief that 
that the church normative should be conversations like we had today and conversations that we're going to have on Tuesday, we would love for you to participate and partner with us through your giving. You can give in the boxes in the back. You can give online at voxoc.com. But we want to keep this going. If you want to keep it going too, we would love for you to partner with us financially. It sure would make a huge difference. Let me pray for you, okay? God, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for a place, God, where we can come and hear from you. But when we hear from you, we hear from other people's stories, from their life experience, from their wounds, from their triumphs, from their victories that help us know that we are not alone. You never intended us for us at the very even beginning of time for us to be alone. It's the only time you said it wasn't good. And so God, we just pray that we would walk into deeper connections, whether it's through the workshop or whether it's through the Vox dinner or whether it's through sharing our stories or sitting um, at a table one-on-one with somebody and just listening, truly listening to what is going on inside them. I pray that you would empower the people here to know that they are called just the way they are, that they are anointed and they are um, not disqualified by their story, but their story is the very thing that qualifies them because you are in it. I just thank you, God, for the people here. I thank you for this community. Bless them, God. Help them, God, to uncover the fragile places of their hearts, Lord, so that they can walk in more freedom. We believe that free people free people. So help us be a church that helps free others through the love of your son, Jesus Christ. Pray your blessings and your power and your anointing on them today. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you, Vox. We will see you next week or on Tuesday. Sign up, voxoc.com. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Vox Community Podcast. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash voxcommunity. Participate in the Vox Community at voxoc.com slash participate.